From Relay FM, this is virtual episode number 48. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like, and Squarespace. Build it beautiful. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Mr. Federico Batici. Hello, Mike. Hey, nearly birthday boy. <laughs> yeah, nearly. Um, yeah, I'll be turning, you know, 22 this week. Uh, no, not really. I'm starting to become an adult. I think. Yeah, how like, old are you going to be? You're going to be 28. No, I'm going to be 27. 27. Okay, yeah, 27. we're the same age, aren't we? Like for, you're from 88. Yeah, 88. you too. Oh. In Jan- January, yeah. Yeah. So oh, I am older know. than you, though. I am your elder. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Well, Stephen is like 50, so he's a he's a father to us all. But he's like you know. one of the elderly fathers. You know, he just like <laughs> is on top of a mountain, and we have to go up there and consult with him. That kind of thing. <laughs> that, that's some Zelda level of you know <laughs> yep. process. So, um, did you know that I that I went? Well, you know, I went to the beach house uh, this week, like the usual beach house that we always talk about, and I played some video games. I bought my I brought my 3ds with me. My PS Vita. I've also wanted to play at the beach because this year we have like a better setup. And we we bought one of those beach umbrellas kind of stuff. You oh know, to yeah, generate yeah. some kind of shade, and so I could sit there. Um, it's the and only way play you can Vita. read stuff. Yeah, but it's it's better. It's better, but not perfect because no. you still get sunlight, of course. Yeah. So you're still out in the open. So I couldn't play video games. It was just too uncomfortable uh, so i played directly at the beach house which was kind of perfect um so i played some video games unfortunately i couldn't play with my ps4 because it's back in rome and i really don't want to to you know carry ps4 in my backpack and it's kind of kind of big so portable games ipad games those were my 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 setup this week we'll talk about some of those later yes I should mention, before, just yeah, before well, we even get to links, uh, hmm. that we're probably going to be off the air for a couple of weeks, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm leaving for a two-week, maybe 10-day, we'll see, vacation uh, next week. Yep. And uh, we were driving across Italy, me and my girlfriend. It's going to be fun. Uh, I'm going to try to only skip one week. Basically, we don't know because the second week of vacation, we don't have a return date, basically. Yep. So it depends on, uh, depends on really uh, if we, if you want to go back home or if you want to stay, I will keep you updated, Mike, over, yep. over iMessage. Hopefully, where we're going, we will have some kind of internet connection. You can just send me smoke signals. Like, I'll get them. From Italy? Yeah, I'll get them. They're probably going to call the, the, the authorities if I do that. <laughs> a lot of smoke. Uh, yeah, so there's definitely no show next week, and we're not sure about the week after yet, but take a couple exactly. weeks off. Exactly. So Mike is really is, is a, is a good boss. He didn't, he didn't really get upset when I told him. <laughs> so to anyone listening and wondering what, what life is like in the Relay virtual offices, um, Mike and Steven are good managers. <laughs> they they are really understanding. Well, we want you to be well rested, you know. Nobody is forcing me to say this. Uh, just, you know, a disclaimer. Uh, they're really good people. Um, so yeah. I, w- I will send you a gift, Mike. But, I, oh, I thank will you buy so much. something. I will buy something where I'm going. I'm going to the Amalfi Coast the first week. I will buy some limoncello for you. Ooh. 
Can I ship some limoncello to Probably to London? not. I don't, I don't think you could do that. I think you'd be breaking right. some laws doing that kind yeah, of thing. Pro- probably. Um, anyway, Mike, I have some links for you uh, and for our listeners. The first two, actually, just two articles that I would like people to read. The first one, really, really great story from Offward, the, the video game column at Boing Boing. And it's a story about the, the, the women, women in the, in the pinball community. So there's a huge pinball scene, especially in the United States. And women are not exactly represented in the, in the pinball, in the official pinball league and across different tournaments and, and, you know, events in the United States. And Boing Boing and the, the offward staff, they did, um, this great in-depth story on the efforts on on a, on a group of women of the, I think it's called the Bells and Chimes group. It's a it's a women it's a women league, women playing pinball, and right. it it sounds super niche as a story, but really it it contains some reflections and thoughts on the you know the sexism in the in even in the the pinball community. It really made me think, and it's super recommended. And I really like these kind of stories about women trying to, you know, trying to enter a typically male-dominated space. So huge respect to these women, and huge respect to Offworld for for publishing this story. Just go read it; it's awesome. And I, you know, I want to play some pinball. I, <laughs> I like playing pinball. Uh, I like. I'm happy. I hope that this was the case, and it was the case. Uh, bells and chimes. Bells is B E W L E S, which I really yes. think that's that's such a nice touch. Yeah. So that's clever. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really really great story. And the second one uh, from Eurogamer. It's about the the rise of Japanese indie developers. Yeah, I didn't write this one, did I? Uh... This wasn't me. <laughs> no. 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 This is not the, the, the fake mic working for Eurogamer. Uh, <laughs> so I got to double check every time I use a Eurogamer link if it's from the fake mic one or not. Uh, so the, the rise of indies in Japan. So it, it is my understanding, and the story seems to suggest as well, uh, that the, the, the indie kind of career uh, has not a, the same connotation in Japan as it has in Europe and maybe in the United States. And maybe we tend to see going on, going out on your own, being an indie, whether it's a developer or a podcaster or an author, uh, we see some kind of romanticism in that. And maybe in Japan, from a cultural level, they historically, they don't see working on your own as safe, maybe, or as respectable as working for a big corporate you know, company. Uh, office environment, typical career. But in the past few years, in the gaming community, and especially thanks to Kickstarter and to even to Twitter, I would say, you know, because developers can get in touch with a wider audience than before. Really, there's been a rise of indie developers trying to make their own games instead of working for big companies. And even if we just look at high-profile uh game designers from Japan, uh, people who left Konami, people who left Capcom, uh, they're really using Kickstarter as a platform to make their own games, the games they really want to make. And of course, we've talked about this 
Kickstarter problem before with these big name developers such as, you know, Koji Karashi or Inafune uh, asking for money while instead there's, they still have a publisher, um, you know, making up yep. for the rest of the funds. But still, it's fascinating to, to see how Japan is kind of following the, the, the Western scene when it comes to, you know, the relationship between gamers and indie developers. And I think it's pretty cool, especially because, you know, it puts everyone on, on the same playing field, you know, indie developers from America, from Europe, from Japan. And developers from Japan have this huge advantage of, you know, the history of video games and the tradition of video games really comes from Japan. So they have this heritage that they really can use to their own advantage. And I think it's very cool to see, you know, this new type of indie developers. And the story is based on Beat Summit, which is this conference about indie developers and video game music composers and all the kind of, that kind of community uh, from Japan. There's a conference, this event every year, uh, it seems very, very cool. I wish I could go. Uh, so just go read the article at Eurogamer. Uh, the the rise of indies in Japan. Really, the indie really thing story. is is like this is this is just the churn of the industry, right? You need to shake down the current large publishers. You create small indie publishers that then raise their profile to large publishers, and it all turns over again. Like to me, this just feels like you know the natural progression of business you know mm -hmm. do you understand what i mean like you have to get rid of the old guard to bring up the new guard it's like it feels yeah. like a normal kind of thing that's happening it's good i like it if you look at if you look at even not just the video games but at all kinds of different industries uh really the internet is allowing all sorts of people to go out on their own and be indies uh this is true for for articles if you write if you are uh, even you know an author if you write books and novels if podcaster. you're a podcaster if you're <laughs> you know a video game developer a musician and it's really cool not to requ necessarily require the big company if you want to be moderately popular working for big companies and having you know this big money still has of course different advantages and different exposure but still you can reach an audience even just by being alone which is pretty cool i think i mean me and you we work from we work from home we are indies i think yep oh we uh, are just in, you work from the beach in, i don't think you can get more indie than uh, that <laughs> i work from under a beach umbrella yeah. so let's live uh, in the high yeah. left my friend yes uh mike I know that you probably don't care about this one, but still. No, you know I care about it in a, in, a, mm. in a way that is through In what you. kind of way? Yeah. <laughs> what kind of way exactly? Uh, I care that you're happy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. You saved yourself here. Yeah. Um, the Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, announced at E3. People were going crazy. It's coming to PlayStation 4. We don't know when. Um but right after the announcement, many people wondered, Final Fantasy VII is, is a game from 18, 17 years ago. And how exactly are they going to remake this kind of game? Because the original has some design choices or some game mechanics that really wouldn't work well, you know, these days. 
And according to, to the, the Tetsuya Nomura from Square Enix, there's going to be some dramatic changes, he said, in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I saw on Twitter a lot of people freaked out. A lot of people said, yeah, this is, you know, this makes sense. And I do believe that it makes sense. Uh, Final Fantasy VII came out in 1997. And by the time it's released, it'll be, you know, maybe almost on the verge of the 20 years, uh, 20 year anniversary. So it's a game that came out a lot of, you know, many, many years ago. And many things have changed, not just in the video game industry as a whole, but really in the in the Japanese RPG genre. Uh, even if you look at some of the recent experiments uh, from Square Enix, such as Bravely Default, the fighting mechanic, the you know the way that you manage your team members in the game, um, we've come a long way since Final Fantasy VII, and so it wouldn't be absurd to think that they want to keep the story of Final Fantasy VII, but they will tweak and change and redesign a lot of the mechanics and a lot of the, you know, what you actually do in the game besides the story. So I think it'll be, it'll be a welcome change. And it's interesting, again, the bigger picture, it's interesting to see how video game remakes, especially now that we have these powerful consoles that can make old games look really different, are starting to follow the same path of movie remakes. Yeah, they're reboots. Know? They're not really remakes. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a remake is like Grim Fandango, mm-hmm. right? Where they just took it and just put it on the new console with new graphics and stuff. But this this is like a reboot of Final Fantasy VII because they're changing the game fundamentally, but the story and the characters and that kind of stuff is probably going to remain the same. So it's like what you remembered, but for the new age. Yeah. And it's interesting to compare, um, you know, we could argue that both video games and books are about reading stories and engaging with stories. Mm-hmm. But the main, So you don't remake or reboot a book. You can perfectly read a book that came out 200 years ago, and it's going to be an old book. It's going to be a different kind of society inside the book, but you can still read the book because it's just words on a page. Instead, games, you actually play them. And because they, you know, the way that we play and the consoles that we use change so much over time, sometimes you want to keep the story, but you need to change everything else around the story, in this case, the game and the console. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a fascinating contrast. Uh, it really shows the difference of a game with a story and a book with a story. The book doesn't change. The video game industry is completely different, even from just 18 years ago. So I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy VII, even Good. if it's like three years away, but still, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Let's take a break. This week's episode of Virtual is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to get your work done. You can manage your task list from wherever you want to be. Maybe you want to work underneath a beach umbrella, right? You can do that kind of stuff with Igloo. You can manage your task list. You can update your status so people know what's happening and they know what you're up to. You can even access files. It doesn't matter where you want to be. Igloo can be with you. These days, everything is mobile. Your work should be too. But with our mobile lives, what we're finding now is that people are increasingly bringing in 
like their own apps into their business and they want to do things in their own way, right? So you're like, oh, I really love using Dropbox because that makes sense for me with the way that I work and the apps that I use. So people are bringing in apps like this into companies, but then they're putting data into these applications that maybe they shouldn't, maybe customer data, that kind of stuff. And that can cause big security problems. So Igloo thinks about this and they allow you to integrate services like Box, Google Drive and Dropbox into their big secure platform. You can also use their Igloo's own uh, document sharing file system service. They have a HTML5 document preview engine so you can f- share all your files with your coworkers. Everyone can stay up to date. They can collaborate on that document. There's also red receipts built in um, so you're able to see who has taken a look at the document so you don't need to go and chase them up about it later on. And if you've ever looked at your internet and thought that it was horrible to look at and it makes your eyes burn a little bit, Igloo have thought about this. They make something that is responsive. It looks great on all the manner of devices. You can customize it with your own colors and you can even customize the functionality with a drag and drop widget editor. It's time to break away from the internet that you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now and you can try it out for free for any team with up to 10 people for as long as you like. So sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. Thank you so much to Igloo for their support of this show. So you have some trailers for me. Yeah, there was Gamescom this week. The you know the conference somewhere, I think, in Europe. Maybe in Germany. They yeah, always I think do it's this in Germany. Game. Everything happens in Germany. Yep. So uh, just a few trailers and I know that you have some screenshots for a game that you like. Uh, but first the trailers. So Thimble Weed Park. We talked about this before. It's a new retro school adventure game from industry legend Ron Gilbert. And it's coming out to Xbox One and Windows 10. Do you have Windows 10, Mike? Everybody's talking about Windows 10. I was considering it. Um, I was thinking about like trying to get a Surface or something, but they're too expensive mm. to just want to tinker around. You know, they're like like iPad kind of prices. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm not really up for paying that. But I do want to play around with Windows 10. Um, I'm considering Boot Camp, so I might try that at some mm. point on the Mac Pro. Yeah. So, yeah, Thimbleweed Park... Uh, they had a Kickstarter campaign. The game is going to happen on Microsoft consoles and PCs. Yeah, so uh, we knew this was coming to PC, right? Because I remember when we spoke about this a long time ago for the Kickstarter, but now it's coming to Xbox. I'm interested yep. to see how it's going to work on the Xbox if it's a point and click. Like, I feel like those sort of uh, UIs are really cumbersome, like moving the the, the like the pointer around yeah. with, the, with the joystick. That can yep. be really kind of like just slow. Um, and also this trailer, this is, if I'm remembering correctly, exactly what we saw for the Kickstarter video. This, no, I, I, there's some new There's some extra stuff in there? Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm and not the, really the, excited about this, Federico. You gotta be, you gotta be an old person, I think. <laughs> and you, you gotta remember the old adventure games. Sure. This one is really old school. You it know? is very it's, old school. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even really look old school in an ironic way. No, no, no! It's legitimately old school. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you know, like the indie games that we play now. They have, like, mm-hmm. say, for example, Shovel Knight. Right? Mm-hmm. It looks old school, but like it feels like it's made now. Like looking yeah. at this, it just looks like it was made <laughs> in the eighties or nineties. I not. I don't know what I think about this. No, no, no! It's I have the same impression actually, because even Shovel Knight, and we talked to the to the to the, the one of the developers a while mm-hmm. ago. Uh, 
they they modeled the game after an NES game, but where necessary, they made concessions. They they made things that were impossible in an NES. And instead, this one really looks like it just wanna be just wants to be an old adventure game. Uh, I don't know how it'll be interesting to look at this kind of game in HD on a big television screen. Mm. Uh, you know, because Shovel Knight, you look at it on the 3DS screen, which is not even a retina quality display. Um, so, you know, the pixels kind of make sense. It's kind of graphics on, on an HDTV. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, this other trailer, Mike, I, I watched it last night and my jaw dropped to All the right. floor. So this is Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Did you yeah. play the original Mirror's Edge? Briefly. Yeah, briefly. I, 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 a friend had Mirror's Edge, and I played in this few summers ago at my friend's house, uh, and I was really captivated by by the game. And even if sometimes it makes me sick. Yeah. So know? I played the original. Uh, mm. There was a service called Love Film. I think it was Love Film that used to do video games. That company is now bought by Amazon, and that's how Amazon Instant Video is in the UK. Uh, so I rented it like that and I played it for a bit and kind of got stuck and stopped playing. So I was watching this, this trailer last night. Um, I was watching all the trailers that we're talking about today. And the majority of this trailer, it's five minutes long, is gameplay footage, which is great. Yeah. And this, okay, this is, this is a sequel, but it mm. feels like a remake to me. It looks incredible but it looks extremely similar like the mm. way that the colors are like it and the the environments and stuff look very very much like the original and i'm sure that was a decision that they made right they wanted it to look like mirror's edge which is cool um and but i still have a couple of problems with the way that the game looks like the way that it works so it's first person and it's basically parkour right you're running mm. around jumping on buildings running across walls that kind of stuff yeah Yeah. but it doesn't they try to do a lot of things to make it look real in first person right so like every now and then you'll jump and a hand will pop into view or you'll land on the ground and roll around and like you see the feet but it doesn't go far enough i feel like that they it still looks like in a like in a first person shooter where someone's not moving you're just pushing a camera Mm. Like, there's slight movement, it looks like, as you're running, uh, as you're playing as Faith and she's running. But the camera doesn't move enough for me. I feel like the camera should be moving more. And I feel like the reason they probably don't do that is because it will probably make people feel sick, like even more than this game already does. It probably lacks some physicality. That's that's my feeling. the, The game doesn't go far enough, so I feel like it shouldn't go far like it it tries to go far right by doing certain things but it doesn't go far enough now i want to play this i mean because my my problems with this are obviously problems the game developers have looked at and i'm sure that the reason that they didn't do this is because people were vomiting playing the game if they were moving the camera around constantly but so i feel like i need to play it but i think the conceit of the game is to try and make you feel like you're running around but i feel like it it only works in some scenarios. Can you imagine this in, in VR? <laughs> I think that this is the perfect game for virtual reality. Mm. Um, I feel like 
they need to be thinking about that. Like, they must be, because this is exactly a virtual reality game. Like, this is what it does, right? This is what it's meant to to be. You're meant to experience the world through the eyes of the person. Because why would you do this in first person? Like, this game would probably be easier to make if you were just having a character run around. Like, you were in third person. Hmm. But I think that they they decided to go the first person route initially and now because they wanted to be different and I think it I think that it, it succeeds on that ground. Like I am excited to play this game, but it's like with the same Mirror's Edge for me. I think it it still falls down in that scenario where it's like uncanny valley. Like you're close enough to being real that it looks weird mm. because you don't yeah. go one hundred percent because you can't. But you got like seventy five percent, but then it doesn't achieve what it's attempting to to do. But this is all just from watching a trailer, so I want to experience the game. Yeah, I know what you mean. Maybe maybe you should play this game of one of those VR uh, threadmills, you know, that you mm. kind of mm. walk. <laughs> maybe I could just put a VR headset on and then run around on the top of buildings. Yeah, that's probably not safe. <laughs> like. I would love to play this. I would love to play this on Morpheus, though. Yeah. We don't know a lot about Morpheus. Do we? No. They haven't no. really spoken about it very much. And didn't they say it's coming out next year anyway? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be easier for Sony to do this than Oculus anyway, because they've got all the infrastructure in place, right? And they oh, can control it. Buy a PS4, buy a Morpheus, and it's probably going to have a new name. It's not going to be called Morpheus. It'll probably be like PlayStation View or something like that. Yeah, like PlayStation. Oh, they already have PlayStation Eye, I think. Yeah. Like, the PlayStation Eye uh, was the camera for the PS2, I think. Maybe I, I just, well, they just use that name again. Who knows? But yeah, I'm excited to play this game, but it's it it just, you know, I look at it and I'm like, so close. Mm. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it looks fantastic, but I see what you mean. Tell me about this Tony yeah. Hawk's <laughs> screenshots. So I saw this uh, tweeted out before we started today. Um the ride channel i don't know what this is i think it's a skateboarding thing uh, i've never heard of it before i actually think it's a skateboarding website yeah it is it's not a gaming website they uh had an article with 12 new screenshots from tony hawks and it's showing a different graphical style yeah. um to what we've seen previously and it looks very much like a cell shaded yeah. view so like you can see there's like an outline around the skaters and the colors are really bright and kind of comic book like um mm-hmm. so it's a very different view i think it's awesome i think this looks great i really hope the game looks like this i can see why people wouldn't like this because it's not like hyper realism but i feel like maybe the developer couldn't didn't have the power or skill yeah. or time or money, I don't know, to make it look completely real. So because if, if you remember, when we first talked about this new game, we noticed how the screenshots didn't really look great. And this is when yeah. it had, or at least wanted to have, the kind of photorealistic yep. graphics. It looked kind of drab. Mm-hmm. But so, but this is the opposite of that. It's like the colors are really bright, and there's like a lot of pastel colors as well. I'm... I'm more excited about this game now because of this look. Like, I mean, I already was, but it's different. 
and and that was like you know when when games were doing that cell shaded stuff a few years ago it was like a trend it was like you do that because it made the game look different and and so i think that this is cool i'm i'm excited about this i mean i'm just really excited about tony hawks anyway i have missed this game um mm-hmm. like you know we had skate for a few years but skate was like how difficult can we make this we'll make it that difficult you know, like they were trying to make a skateboard simulator, and and I tend to not like simulator games. You know, like I don't like Grand uh, Gran Turismo, but I like Need for Speed. Sure, yeah, you know? I know what you mean. I'm the same. I like you're really car into games. skateboarding, Mike. I love. I've always loved skateboarding games. Like I've played, owned, and played every single Tony Hawk's. I owned and played. I think both skate games. There was Skate on the Xbox. I don't think they've made another one of those. If they has, I have. I haven't seen it. But I really, I just love this style of game because, as well, like it's weird. It, I've always been good at Tony Hawk's, and I don't know mm. why. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for this. It comes out in September, which is still concerning to me because it comes <laughs> out the end of next month, and we have not seen much of this and if this is the graphical style like this is a really big reveal to make a month uh, away. No, it's all different <laughs> not even two months before the release date there's also a gopro advertisement in the game yeah, that doesn't bother me curious. that doesn't bother yeah. me i mean it's just skateboarding know, all... is all about advertising anyway right like, yeah sure it's a big part of the culture because of like the skateboarding videos because tony hawk's games have always been full up with brands but it works. Like you get Converse shoes, Vans shoes, and then they have all the skateboarding brands. Like that always worked for me because it felt real. I feel like if they were coming up with brands, it would be weird. Yeah. No, no, I agree. It's, I really like this new look. It's got yeah. something of Crackdown mixed with in a in a I don't know. Maybe it's the skateboarding and the, the city screenshots. Uh, Jet Set Radio Future for the Dreamcast. Yep. Yep, and there was and, that. Oh, what was that game? I think it was on the Nintendo, and it was like a superhero type game, and it was all on the Wii U. On the Wii U, and I think it was on the GameCube. On the GameCube, oh, Beautiful Joe, Beautiful Joe, that is it. You, you're a genius. Do you remember, yeah, do you remember I, that? Like, I love the way. <laughs> do that I? Game so my story with Beautiful Joe. Um, I was buying so many video game magazines. I was super into this game. I thought it looked fantastic. And I really wanted to play this game. I didn't have the money because I was really young. So with an excuse, I called my poor grandma. Uh, and I convinced her to buy me a gift. And the gift <laughs> would be... <laughs> so my mom didn't want to buy me this game. and uh, And I called my grandma. And I was like... Um, so do you want to buy a gift for your nephew? You know, my birthday is coming up. And she was like, oh, you're always playing these video games. These computers are going to make you stupid. You know, she was one of those kind of people. Uh, but grandma, I, I convinced her to, to go to my local video game friend. It's always mm-hmm. the same. It's always been the same guy. This guy. He's uh, always been there. By the way, I found out he's, uh, he's become a father. So he, he grew up. And uh, I'm really happy for him. So my friend is growing up. But many, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he was much younger. So my grandma went to the store and I had her like write down the name, Beautiful Joe, on a, on a post-it, on a sticky note. And, and it was quite difficult, you know, to dictate over the phone 
to my grandma. She was like 80 years old. <laughs> it was kind of hard to dictate beautiful Joe. Anyway, she went there and she was like, my nephew wants to <laughs> wants to buy this game. And she handed over the, 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 the sticky note. And my friend started laughing because he could picture me <laughs> asking my grandma to buy beautiful Joe. And my grandma, inside the store, my friend later told me, uh, started this old, <laughs> this, this old discussion with him on how he was a genius because he discovered that he could sell these computer games to people like me and those games were gonna make us stupid but <laughs> and this is all wow. in front of people yeah my grandma was really a type um <laughs> anyway she bought me she bought yeah she she bought me the game and i was really happy and i i played this game so much and it's still it's still there on my on my GameCube shelf, and every once in a, in a while, I don't play the game because I can't find the GameCube cables anymore. But I just look at the instruction manual because this is when you know games used to have nice artwork, nice manuals. I look at the screenshots, I look at the game, I remember my grandma. I feel kind of sad, but I'm also happy that I got to play this game. Yeah, beautiful Joe, man, brings back so many memories, and I get emotional with this kind of stuff. I love these stories. This is why. My younger brother is so happy right now because he just got another <laughs> Federico story. Every time I yeah. see him, he tells me how much he loves the Federico stories. <laughs> Poor grandma went to the store with a beautiful Joe, stick, Joe sticky note. <laughs> 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 and she started, she started telling my friend how, <laughs> how he, he was a genius because he, because he could exploit people like me. <laughs> playing oh, computer games uh they did you know that later capcom uh brought beautiful joe to the playstation 2 but it was affected by serious performance issue because the gamecube for this kind of game or maybe the porting was not good enough anyway the game the game ran better on the gamecube and this is when you know video game makers couldn't patch <laughs> discs um it was, you know, the GameCube and the PlayStation 2 era. So if you wanted to play the best version of Beautiful Joe, you would play the GameCube version. They even made Beautiful Joe 2, but I never played that. And they even made, I'm pretty sure, a DS or 3DS version. Uh, I also never bought that one. Hmm. So, yeah. Beautiful Joe. Great game. Super difficult game also. Ah, oh, Mike. Anyway, tell me... Now, for something completely different, we have the, another trailer of Final Fantasy XV. Oh, yeah. Just coming out next year, Square mm -hmm. Enix said, on PlayStation 4. Um, so there's a, this cryptic, I would say, trailer. This is so uh, goddamn confusing. <laughs> so I, I literally me. have no idea what is happening in this trailer. <laughs> describe me in your own words the Final Fantasy XV trailer. All right, so it starts... I'm actually watching it right now. It says it starts off, it's like, 15 years ago, fate would fall to the father and son of Lucis. And then there's, like, this big robot guy, and he's beating up a girl, and it kind of looks like there's going to be something that I don't want to talk about. And then it's like, as the stars choose the sun to be their light. And then it's like Victorian London mm -hmm. and there's mm -hmm. soldiers with machine guns. No, it's not Victorian, like 30s. And like set in the 30s, there's like early cars, but there's still carts and stuff running around. And then it's like the father could but hold him and mourn his destiny. And then there's a little boy who is, I believe, grows up to be the 
the Not main character this, that you yeah. play. And there's yeah. this like huge big guy who kind of looks like the robot guy who was in the first scene attacking the girl, right? It looks like the same kind of armor. And then yeah. there's like a two-minute shot of this guy just being sad and crying. <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. Awkward. And it's... he's just like crying and crying. like, And they're just super focusing on the crying. <laughs> and then the boy pushes him away and then there's more tears. And then he like says, he's about to say what like his line here. Uh, hang on one second, we're going to get there. I will be with you always. Like mm. and he's standing he's standing by an open door of a supercar in like modern times, but he's still got a sword, which doesn't make sense to me. He's like, why does he still have a sword? Looks like a Bentley. Looks like a Bentley car. <laughs> yeah. Well it's that <laughs> big car. It's the car in the game, right, <laughs> that they're driving around in, I think. And then he looks up and there's like these shadows of these big monsters. Makes mm-hmm. literally no sense. Now the sun rises, the dawn of a new king is how it ends. I don't understand the story that they're trying to tell. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because the way that I see it is like it's telling the story of a big guy with this big suit who like assaults and a young girl who has, has a kid. A and has a big car also. Yeah. And then the kid <laughs> I don't I just don't get it, Federico. I can't understand. The first scene was awful to watch. Yeah. Uh and I don't know. I still gotta download demo. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna play this game after I come back from my from my vacation. Uh, it looks like initially, you know, the the contrast between these like old school environments, like almost medieval medieval in some aspects, and then there's like supercars, and I'm pretty sure there's people with cell phones also. It's all kind of messed up. Yeah, it is kind of messed up. And then there's like monsters, like summons and special moves. I don't know. And there's this road trip with four dudes in a car. I don't know. I don't know what to think. It looks nice, I think. It'll be a different Final Fantasy, which is cool, I guess, to see Square Enix trying something new. I'm just not sure of the characters and what they're trying to say with these trailers. I don't know. Makes no sense to me, man. The tears, the tears looked super fake, by yeah. the way. It's like water <laughs> on his cheek. It's really not a tear. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Mike, what do you think of uh, the, the Crackdown 3 trailer? You ever play Crackdown? No, but again, I watched a friend play Crackdown on the the first Xbox, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I had both. I've played both. Uh, oh, the 360, not the first Xbox. Yeah, I played one and two. Uh, Crackdown mm-hmm. was fun, but lacked story. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the whole game is focused around, and it seems to still be, the fact that everything is destructible, because that is fun. Yes. You can just destroy everything, uh, which is... And, and it still has got that, like cartoon look that the original yeah. two had so i like that it's still got that like the characters are human but they're like exaggerated you know in yeah. a way to make them kind of look like a cartoon they're like superhumans yeah the cartoonish look yeah and they've built this like incredible um environment but i'm a little bit confused about about this game and i don't know if you can help me Tell so me. they talk about the multiplayer Yes. Um, but it feels like the way that it's explained that this is one of those 
always multiplayer online games like Titanfall. Because when they're talking about the destructible environment, they're saying that they harness the power of the Microsoft Cloud to deliver 20 times more of the processing power from your Xbox One. Which was that whole thing that Microsoft was talking about originally. Like that games can can use the Microsoft Cloud for processing of like large things. Because there's lots of stuff happening here as buildings are falling down. So it feels like if if that's going to happen in the game, the game has to be always on. I, I don't know. It feels like one of those always on multiplayer games. But I don't know. Well, if it's online multiplayer, it's going to be online anyway. Yeah. You know, so it, I don't understand like the single player part of the game because there seems to be a story. Does it also require an internet connection? I don't know, man. It feels like if they're going to do a lot of this destruction stuff, then it feels like it needs to be online. I don't know. I haven't read anything about it, so I'm like a little bit misinformed, but I'm just going on what the trailer is like. But it looks supreme. Like, the trailer, like, buildings falling down looks madness. Like, it feels like it's worth playing just to watch that stuff happen. I'm really considering an Xbox One for this holiday season. Just because Mm. I want to be like you, Mike. I want to own all of the consoles. Yeah, and just play games that I like. And I like, you know, blowing things up. (laughs) Yeah, there's a couple of games now that are coming that feel... Yeah. Good. Like, you know, that Cuphead game. That's still 2016. Oh, yes. I think so. I yeah, don't know. yeah, I saw it. I saw an article about it on The Verge and it was like yeah, 2016. So, it's, you yeah. know, it's like, wow, it's still a long way away. They showed that a year ago. But, you know, there's games like that coming now where it's like, yeah, it's it's this is going to be good for the Xbox. Yeah, I feel like... I And I... And I and I follow a bunch of people who do this, I really don't understand people, even, you know, adult people, who still do the, the, the whole console war kind of thing on Twitter. They make fun of others who buy a PlayStation instead of an Xbox and vice versa. I really don't understand. If you can, just get get them all and play all the Vita games that you like, you yep. know? It's yeah. like they're trying to make video games like politics and it doesn't have to be like that. You well, know? it's picking sides, you know, people pick yeah. sides. Yeah, for this kind of stuff, I just love video games for the greater good, you know, for the game itself, for yeah. the fun. And I feel like the holiday season, I could save a bit more money and get an Xbox because maybe there's going to be some kind of bundle or special deal. Yeah, there'll be a ton. Or, um, there'll be loads of stuff. You know, on Amazon and that kind of stuff. And maybe I could get an Xbox and... Sure. You know. Microsoft on, will be doing it because they want the sales up, right? So exactly. Exactly. I think there'll yeah. be some good deals this Christmas. Yeah. I agree. Mike, we, we have played a bunch of games. Yeah. Before we talked about the game that we wanted to talk about for the past two weeks and that you actually finished before me, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike, uh, there's this little iOS game that you uh, that you helped me discover. Yeah, it's called Domino Drop. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw uh, my friend Alex, she tweeted about this uh, and said how, like, linked this game, said how great the music was. So I like her tastes um, in video games and stuff. We share that kind of kind of thing so I, ch- I checked it out it's an ios game and i just love it um it is so awesome it's basically 
Tetris-like, right? Things falling down, mm. and you have to line them up. But it's you have to match the domino colors. So yeah. uh, there will be dominoes dropping, and they have, e- like, each side is a different color. Um, you can't rotate them. They just fall as they fall. And you have to kind of try and set them up uh, to, because if you get, like, a, a pair or more, they disappear. Um, and you have to try and keep the level, like, the level of dominoes down, because once you reach the top... Like in Tetris, the game is over. Um, and it's all about like lining things up and setting things up and, and trying to get big combos and stuff like that. But the great thing about this game is the music. The music is so cool. I'm just going to turn... the. I've got the game here, so I'm going to just turn the audio on mm. so you can hear it. So it's got great sound effects. That's so great. <laughs> And there's a few tracks like this. It's just so cool. It's like one of the only games that I play with the sound on on my iPhone, on my iPad. Mm. It's so, like, I just love it. It's just calming. And also, when you go to the pause menu, uh, it drops down and there's a vinyl record player spinning, which I like. I just love how old school, like, skeuomorphic the UI is it is and I love it for that it's just so it's got all this personality of like there's the domino like box or whatever yeah to start every game you have to slide open a domino box and then when the and then this like USB scoring machine plugs into the side of it (laughs) and it like like shakes a little before plugging it correctly and makes these noises and then when the game's done uh, the the top of the box slides back on itself and then a drill appears and drills the, the box shut and then it gets taken away and then a new box gets dropped in. I think it's great. It's got that, like, it's just got a real old school vibe to it, like in a super old school vibe because it's like got a vinyl record but also an old school UI vibe from just like a couple yeah. of years ago. <laughs> Remember when apps game. used to be like this? Yep. <laughs> Yep, and now we're like, but now it's used. It's already being used ironically. <laughs> now it's a game. I love it. I think this is such a fantastic game, and it's one of those games that I've just been playing a bunch because it's you can put a lot of thought into it, right, and plan things out, or you can play it super mindlessly and just match the colors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great game. So yeah, I really recommend it. It's worth worth playing. Nice. So next stop is Journey. Yep. Let me take a break first. Okay. And. Uh, it's probably worth knowing there's going to be a ton of spoilers for Journey. So just you want to just bear that in mind. Um, this week's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com. If you use the offer code insert coin at checkout, you'll get 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. When it comes to giving a place for yourself on the internet or for someone you know or maybe for a business or some friends or whatever you need or someone you know, if they need a website, Squarespace is the place to go because they make sure that all the stuff that you need to be taken care of is taken care of. They just do it for you. They, they take care of the hosting. They take care of giving you some great designs to work with, responsive web design. They take care of all of it. You can build a site that looks professionally designed. You don't need to know any coding. And even if you do know how to do this stuff, you just don't have to 
do it because Squarespace do it for you. They have intuitive and easy to use tools and you can make your website look and feel exactly how you want with their drag and drop uh, page building system and you can select fonts and colors and all that kind of stuff. It's super, super easy to build. They have uh, really great looking templates. As I mentioned, they all feature responsive web design so they look good on all devices. Uh, but also their templates, whilst you select from like pre-made like template styles and you can customize them, they don't look like the standard out of the box type stuff. They just look like really great design websites and then you can customize them for the look and feel that you want. Squarespace offers so much more stuff like their cover page building system, uh, which is where you can build a really great single page looking website. These are really great for like... Um, announcements and things like that but also I mentioned the templates earlier and cover pages can be used for this type of stuff as well Squarespace have great templates for weddings so like people like to build websites for their weddings you know like information about the day and photos and that kind of stuff Squarespace build templates for this sort of stuff and cover pages are a real great way to introduce those types of sites so it's just something to think about it's a lovely little use case of Squarespace that somebody mentioned to me on Twitter the other day Squarespace have 24-7 support with live chat and email they have teams located in New York Dublin and Portland who are there to help you they also have their commerce platform which allows you to add a store to your Squarespace site and if you want to take Squarespace even further they have their Dev platform, which is now to beta, it's available to everyone so you can tinker around with Squarespace if you really want to. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month, and if you sign up for a year, you'll also get yourself a free domain name. You can start a trial today with no credit card required and start booting your website straight away by going to squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up, make sure that you use the offer code insert coin or one word, and you will get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for virtual and relay FM. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Now, we have a bit of a problem here. Mm. Yeah. You haven't finished Journey. No, because I haven't been home in two weeks. <laughs> but also, you don't know what happens in Journey. So I don't know if I can talk about it without spoiling it for you as well. Can we just save the ending, Mike? Uh, but the ending is to. like the most important bit. Really? See? Yeah. Because I feel like, so this is my first time playing Journey, and yep. I don't, I, I haven't been exposed to any kind of spoiler about the game. So I don't know anything. And in fact, I stopped playing 13 days ago when I left Rome to come back to Viterbo, but I really don't understand what's going on, like, at all. There's this guy, or person, anyway, in the desert, and you use a scarf to jump, and this scarf gets longer when you accumulate, I don't know, energy or like, you know, like yep. karma or whatever. I don't know what it is. Um, and you you wander around in the desert and sometimes there's other people. I'm not sure if these are real people <laughs> playing the game or not. And there's these sort of cutscenes that you watch while after you complete like an area, you sit like in front of the kind of totem and you watch this cutscene in 2D with some drawings and like stuff sketches that I don't really understand I'm not sure what is going on like at all it's beautiful and it's gorgeous and it's super atmospheric and the sand looks real and this it's got this feeling of being alone and wandering around it's awesome but I don't understand what's going on at all see for us to be able to talk about this game properly I would have to spoil it for you really hard you had to spoil it like all the way 
Well, there are there are things that you don't know yet that are. So the the other people are real people. Yeah, they're real people. Playing the game across the world. Yes. Right? So this connects to the internet. Yes, it does. And when you finish the game, you find out the PSN names of the people you played with. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So because this... I, I was I wasn't I wasn't in, in, in I mean of course I was in a desert area. Um and at one point there's like uh, this other traveler. Uh he was like just there for a second and I and I ran towards this other person and then it disappeared. Mm-hmm. And and I didn't see any other player. And I feel like other people see more of other players. I just saw one. And I played for like two hours. And I've I been think super the game slow. drops in other players at different points. And I think I think that they drop them out as well. Um, because I've been in... Like sometimes you'll go through... You'll be with somebody and you go into a different area and they're gone. And then that somebody else will appear. Like if you play through the whole thing, I think you'll end up with more people. Like... And and th- this this whole thing is really powerful. So I knew that they were real people, but and, and I don't know if this changed the way that I feel about it or not. But I became incredibly at- incredibly attached to these people whilst playing the game. So like as we were traveling through, uh, I would want to be with them because there's this other thing. So Federico was talking about scarves and jumping and stuff like that. You have a scarf, and your scarf is powered by these other little fragments that you find that look like material. Um, and you use like this call button that you have to like awaken these fragments, and it gives you power, it gives you energy, and this energy allows you to jump and kind of fly. But when the energy runs out, you can't jump anymore. Mm-hmm. But when you're with someone, if you press the call button, you can power each other, which is a real emotional thing because we help each other. And it creates this kind of feeling of like, you can't talk to these people. There's no way of interacting with them. But you just come together and you play. And it's a real kind of strong, powerful, emotional type thing, I think. Because you are with this person and playing together and just helping each other. You're not killing each other. You're not trying to harm each other. Because it helps if you both if you go through the game together. You don't need it, but it it helps and it just enhances the game. And that it was, it was, great. there was this the first time that somebody appeared for me. Uh, I was in this area where um, it's quite early in the game, and there are like these four big plinths which have holes in the middle, and you have to collect this material and you like power the material, and it creates a ribbon that goes in between these uh, big plinths, and this ribbon. Once you go near it, you can fly across it. Yeah. And I found someone. They We were working together to make the ribbon. And then we flew next to each other across this platform. And it was so beautiful. That's and so then, poetic. Yeah. And then, and then I lost them. I don't know where they went. They just went away. Uh, I feel like I was not lucky because I met a person in the same area. The first, like the first person that I met, was kind of a jerk because I went there all excited to say hi, and it just disappeared. Yeah, but that was, might be just a connection thing. They're not necessarily being really, a jerk to you. It was not really romantic for me, but but you haven't finished the game yet. You never know what you're gonna come come up to. 
Yeah, but your first experience with another person in this game was so, you know, your first time was romantic. Mine was kind of abrupt. <laughs> but that, I guess that's kind of the beauty of the game. It's the journey you go on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my, I mean, my favorite part of this whole game is you come to this like sand level and you basically start sliding and skiing down. Yes, that and that was awesome. It created some of the most beautiful video game scenes that I've ever seen. So I tweeted some pictures from the PlayStation Share thing, which I'll yeah. put in the show notes, but they do not do it justice. Uh, it, there seems to be some sort of compression um, that's going on, but like there are like this these moments where the sun is shining and it makes the the sand glisten like gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this one moment that I got a screenshot of where the game's perspective changes. And it's the only time that it does this and from like being head on to side on. And you're going through this like tunnel and you can see all these breaks where there's like um, kind of holes in the tunnel where they're like built, where it's like arches. And you see the sun kind of come through and you're sliding through it. It's This game is is probably one of the most beautiful games I have ever played. Uh, and I don't know how much uh, I just got told by Valthonis in the chat room. The posting directly from the PS4 results in bad compression, but the files on your console itself are full resolution. But I don't know how to get them off, so uh, I don't really know what to do with that. But yeah, I assume that it was badly compressed. Um, but like, I felt like I could take screenshots of just everything in this game. It's just so beautiful. And then there's this area later, again, I don't know if you've got there, where you're still like in a desert area, but it looks like it's underwater. It's very interesting the way that they do it. Um, this game is just so... I, it looks amazing. I it's agree. an experience. It really... And I want to play it again. Um, Can you just tell me if if it makes sense in the end, I think that it's open. Is it to one inter- of those games where the story is the journey? Uh, kind of, but it's. I think it's a little bit open to interpretation. So my feeling about what's happening is this person is heading towards the afterlife. Oh, that's my feeling is what's happening here, and it, that becomes a, a little bit more so when you get to a certain point in the game. Hmm. I'm going to have to talk about it, Federico. I'm sorry. Oh, we need so to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of thought it was going to be one of those kind of hippie <laughs> themes. You know, yeah. it's not re- there's not really a reason why you're on this journey because it's like maybe it's like God or religion or the afterlife or like... I mean, that's just why my feeling about it. Uh, I feel mm. like it, it's just this person's journey towards death. Like they've come to the end of their life. And that's where they're going. It's like it gets to a certain point as you get closer to because you're, you're you're journeying towards this mountain with light coming out of it, right? Mm-hmm. And you get to a certain point and you're approaching the mountain, and the area turns from sand to snow as you get mm-hmm. closer. And whilst you're during whilst you're in this point, your your clothes start to thaw; they start to get ice on them. And if you're able to to get the power from the ribbon or from the other person or whatever, it melts the ice a little bit, then it comes back. So me and this other person, we were trying to journey up the mountain and there's like wind and storms that are like trying to push you back. 
and we were helping each other out. We were like fighting against it together. You start walking slower and slower as you get like higher up the mountain because it's getting harder and harder to walk. Then my companion disappeared. They got attacked by this beast. Mm. Um, which, and, and then after that, I'd lost them. I don't think they died, but they, they seemed to go away. And uh, so I was approaching the kind of the end of the game. And I don't know if this is, this is probably on purpose that the person disappeared because I'm approaching the end and you're like fighting and and to get up the hill and you're getting slower and slower and when you press the circle button to make a call it gets weaker and weaker uh and then all of a sudden you just fall down and you die i think and that's it no that's not it and then uh it the whole scene goes white and then those you know those big white people like the people in the white yeah they like appear and surround you and then you like risen up and it's now this beautiful landscape with flowing water and greenery everywhere and you're basically flying up to the top of the mountain going through scenes that you've been through before so they're like elements of previous levels and you're like just going fast through this beautiful landscape and your scarf is super long so that like this is me thinking that you're dead right and you're just going to heaven and this is like the end of your journey this game is like just a I really wish you could have played it all through in one go because that's that's what I did for a couple of hours and it I was takes just you busy taking screenshots I know I'm just saying I w- I'm not complaining I'm just saying for your sake I wished you could have done yeah. that because that's what I did and I had a real visceral emotional feeling to it I mean the biggest thing the biggest spoiler is something you've already worked out. So when people say like the big spoiler of Journey, oh, it's, the, 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 they are people playing. It's that the they're game. real people playing. That's, oh, I knew that. that. Well, there you go. You knew the big spoiler. I mean, the oh. thing is, is like you go on the journey, and the journey's real beautiful. And like, you know, if if I was to show you screenshots right now of it all, that's the spoiler. Me telling you about it is nothing like playing it. But yeah. the real big twist in Journey is that the people that you encounter are not computer players. They are real Yeah, people. but I knew that anyway. Right, well then that was the spoiler. You weren't spoiler free. Oh. Uh, now you oh, get well, it. Well, man, people on the, inter- on the internet are really easily surprised. Everybody knew they are real people playing Well, but Journey. not when it came out, they didn't. Yeah. If I didn't know, I wouldn't have expected. Really? Yeah. I don't think I would have done. Like, I wouldn't have immediately believed, oh, these are, no. these are people Yeah, playing. I can see that. I can because see that. Because this game follows no convention of online play. True. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that nothing about it suggests to you that you're going to be playing online. But yeah, so, look, I want you to finish this to tell me what you thought of it, but I found this game to be one of the best video games I've ever played. For sure. Like, it is an incredible emotional Mm. experience. Uh, And, you know, I was misty-eyed during parts of it. And I really... And it really builds... The game builds so beautifully. Because you're like, everything's fine. And then it gets super hard and really sad. And then it's like massive crescendo to the end. uh, And you get to live through this incredible experience as a super-powered character. It's... It really is just a... It's a journey. Kind of a bummer, though, that the common interpretation is the afterlife. 
I don't know if that is that is my interpretation. I mean, you can look at it whatever you want to look at it. It doesn't have to be that. That's just what I see. But I don't see that as a bad thing. Like, I see it as this person has, yeah. has lived a life and they've come to the end of their life and then they are going on the journey that everyone from their tribe race goes on, which is mm-hmm. to the mountain. Yeah, and I guess I'm you... really just not into this whole spiritual kind of thing. But the game looks beautiful, so I will finish the game. Just of a bummer personally for me because of all this spiritual sense and stuff. I don't know why. It's interesting to me that it bothers you considering... It bothers me because I don't believe in that. (laughs) Yeah, but this isn't... But neither do I. But this is... I don't think this is like a... You know, I I don't know. I know what you're saying. But like, I've been the same with you in my core beliefs, but I still got from it this experience. Okay. Okay. No, no, no. I want to finish the game because it looks amazing. And it's so like... It's 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 an artistic creation it's it's beautiful and the soundtrack is amazing and i I just the theme it's kind of bumming me up because you know i thought there was gonna be like a story you know i like stories right i think there is a story but it's like it's very yeah you make your own story you know that kind of stuff i don't like it (laughs) it's just me i never liked it i never liked the open interpretation this you know this whole spiritual hippie kind of bootstock kind of stuff um but it's just me so i will finish the game because it looks amazing you've got to and then I want to hear what you think about it. And in the same vein, I know you've been playing Transistor, and yeah. I want to I want to play that before we talk about it. Yeah, yeah, it's um, Transistor is the, the super giant games uh, yeah. game. You know, the makers of Bastion, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's if you played Bastion before, there's still uh, like voice acting on top of the game. So there's a I don't know the name of the actor uh, doing the voiceover, but it's really well done, and it's set in this kind of Again, it's kind of like Final Fantasy XV. It's kind of like a medieval town with modern things like computers and weapons and stuff. And there's monsters. So this city is called Cloudbank, and you play as Red, which is a uh, she's a she's like a a singer. She's a, an artist. And for some reason, you end up having this giant sword called the Transistor. And the the sword has like a soul. There's there's a person the, the transistor is the person, and you find this out like 15 minutes after playing the game. So it's not a big spoiler. And what's immediately captivating for in terms of gameplay is that it's both an action game and an RPG. You can you can play in real time, so you can combine various skills. You have a, a, like four or five slots, to, and you can assign skills to each slot. And each skill can have an active ability or a support ability. And depending on the skills that you unlock, and my understanding is that skills are actually like the souls of dead people. It's kind of creepy. Uh, but anyway, as you collect these abilities and you can combine them in different ways and you can level up so you can become stronger and you can unlock different types of abilities and you can also cast these abilities and these moves in real time as an action game or you can press a button that's called the turn mode so you can plan your moves on like the game stops you pause the game and you plan your moves you plan your movements mm-hmm. and you you tap the enemies that you want to hit and then you just go over in succession like one after the other so you can do chains you can do combos but the, the twist is that after a turn session you cannot do one immediately you need to recharge and so it adds this element of strategy to the game and you can combine you can like mix and match the real time action game the turn based mode and then there's this 
weird story that I still don't understand. The graphics are insanely good. Like, great, great artistic direction. Fantastic music. There's a mix of different instruments and guitars and more traditional elements. Like, I'm pretty sure I, I heard a banjo at one point. So it's really great soundtrack. And uh, it's I'm playing on my iPad. Touch controls are mostly fine. I can imagine it being better on the PlayStation 4. So, Mike, I know that you, that you bought the game on PlayStation 4, so you should play on PS4. It's fine on the iPad, but I think it's better with the physical controller. Really, if you, um, this is the kind of game for me, you know, because there's a story, there's an action, there's RPG. I'm so sad about that. I really just want you to finish the game and then tell me what you think. Look, because I don't I'm care not... about the story. I don't care. Like having completed it, I don't no, care. No, no, no. I understand. It's just the fact that a lot of people. I'm looking even in the chat room. The fact that. People seem to assume that if you want to find the meaning, the meaning is the journey towards death and, you know, what comes after. That's kind of a bummer for me. But I don't know if you have... Why do you need to find a meaning? Just enjoy what's happening to you. Sure, I do enjoy. But it's kind of like, you know, I also want the other part. I also want the meaning. Look, because you can give me a game like Tetris and you say, okay, this is a puzzle game. There's no meaning. Just play the Tetris game. And I'm cool with it, you know? <laughs> There's no meaning to, to look for. It's just Tetris and I'm okay. Or Super Mario. It's like, look, the story is stupid. So just jump and kill the mushrooms and I'm okay with it. But if you give me this kind of game and it's beautiful and it's this creepy cutscenes, I'm like, I'm intrigued, right? I mean, I'm okay, what's going on here? And, and, and I want to understand what's going on with the drawings and the white people, you know, and the desert. That's pretty cool. And then you tell me, look, it, I, there's really no meaning. It's up to you. Maybe it's the death or the afterlife. And I kind of, eh, you know, again, you know, this kind of open stuff, hippie, we're all together, we're happy, we're traveling towards death, and we're flying to heaven, you know. <laughs> I'm really not that kind of person. <laughs> Man, the video game community is going to disown you. <laughs> no, complete, no, no, no. Complete it no, first. No. Oh, my God. You need to, if you just <laughs> finish it, and then see how you feel. Okay. Because I saying. <laughs> really, really feel like this is one of the best games I've ever played. No, And, and the I story believe, totally is not something you. I'm hinging on. Just as a, as a comparison, that game company, so the same people who made Journey, Flower, okay, is, is a game about being a flower and, you know, flying and with other flowers and it's beautiful. And I guess you can find a meaning, but it's, I really didn't have to. I was just there taking in the scenery, the landscapes. So if you tell me the journey is the same, I can just play and whatever awesome because it's beautiful and it's it's a masterpiece in terms of visuals and soundtrack i just don't want this kind of ending to be like heavy-handed with me it's not though okay then see the video game community will not dissolve me it's very light like there's no you know there's no craziness to it but it just seems that way cool. because you, you'll see you'll see cool. I, I guess i'm just I guess when I'm we just... come back from our break we need to address this and you need to have completed it. I'm uh, just guess, sorry, but I had to talk about no, the whole thing to be able to talk about it. I need the big spoiler anyway. So yeah. I guess I guess you're right. 
don't send me screenshots because you know that would take away much from me. But even the so, screenshots, I'm telling you, they don't do justice for the sure. visceral yeah. feeling that it has of like just flying through these environments. And I'm telling you, man, you gotta gotta complete. My advice to you, Federico, now that you're mm. taking a break, go back to the start and do it all in one go. Okay. That that I, would be I my guess... advice to you to just go through and do it all in one. I guess I always had this problem, by the way, not just with video games, but also with books and movies and TV shows. When it, when they try to do this kind of spiritual kind of thing, death and stuff, it really doesn't it work you with out. me. Yeah, as, okay. especially in the past few years. Um, I get really... that. Because of the way your life has gone, like, you mm-hmm. know... Let's like, not talk about that, right? <laughs> like I'm watching a movie, like it's, I'm watching a movie, and it's going perfectly well, and it's a funny movie, and then it turns, and it, maybe it's about death and God and spiritual stuff. I tune out, like I shut sure. shut off the TV and the computer. I, you know, maybe it's 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 a it's a thing of mine. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, but if you say that it's not really the the main point, I totally believe you. I'm gonna finish journey yeah. and enjoy it. You know. Yeah, I, I, look, there is a thing, but like the the cutscenes are just like whatever. Like, that's how I feel about it. It was like this is really pretty. That was my feeling, which is this is just very pretty. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I'd achieved spiritual enlightenment. Cool, cool. You know, cool. I I really want you to love this, so that's why I want you to go back to the start. <laughs> okay. And then I I, I want disappoint you, Mike. Okay, thank you. Don't worry. I might actually play Transistor today. So. No, I, I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of story that I'm captivated by. Super sure. creepy. You can read logs. I'm not sure what's going on. I want to know more. There's acting. There's RPG mechanics. I mean, I'm in heaven, really. So I'm going to I'm gonna play Transistor as well. You'll be in heaven when you play Journey too. <laughs> no. <laughs> the one you want. <laughs> wow. All right, let's wrap it up. Federico, I yeah. hope you have a great birthday and I hope you enjoy your break and I hope it's full Thank of video you. games. Thank you. It will be. If you want to find the show notes for this week, head on over to relay.fm slash virtual slash 48. Thanks again to our sponsors, Igloo and Squarespace, and we'll be back soon. Until then, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci.